0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Leeds Up Podcast. I'm James, and I'm joined with Rocco. Hello, and Dara Cunningham. Hello. I don't know why I did one surname and not the other. I don't know, <laughs> what, the, I don't know what the pattern should be with that. Or do you prefer Dara? Uh, I, I, I'm waiting for the day to arrive
2: when I become just Dara instead of Dara Cunningham. <laughs> because then I know I've landed like Rocco instead of Rocco
0: Dean. That's funny, that, because I, I felt the opposite. I felt like you two had buddied up and Dara gets a special treatment of his surname <laughs> now, that, now that you're pizza buddies. I thought
1: he was going to say, just call me Mr. Dara Cunningham. So, yeah, we're going to talk about the Norwich game and the Plymouth FA Cup match and all little things in between from Leeds United this week. Before we do that, Bass and Bly, proud sponsors of the podcast, but we have a, a very special treat today. Oh, Bass and Bly magic magic,
3: in where's a magic hat independent trusted dealers you'll hear it on leads that canon Nikon, fuji like her, sony and the rest if you want a decent camera pass and by have all the best sixty years in cameras we really know our stuff justin's here to serve you he can never do enough cameras that you're after. Popping for a chat. When at home for footy, Justin listens to Lisa. Oh, Bass and Bly are magic, both new and used on view. If you need binoculars, we have plenty of them too. Spotting scopes and lenses, all state of the art used. Bass and Bly in Harrogate, and you'll be very smart. Bass and Bly are magic, we don't sell no tat. We are here to serve you, you will hear it on Lee's With Rocco and Bielsa, sub books and games with so much wit. Bass and Bly sells cameras and all the other shit. David Deans, What a man.
1: What a brilliant piece of music that is. I'll tell you what, he David Dean, for anyone who doesn't know this, Rocco's dad. See, I say your dad's surname, I can't just say D- David, Kind of, He did the Pontus, Pontus song, and he did that. Did he do it on radio with his acoustic? I think he did, didn't he?
0: Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. He, w- he went viral. So I'll tell you what, honestly, that's, I mean, to use that little information that he had to come up with that song, and he did it in no time. So he, like, he told me that he paused the podcast at four minutes when you <laughs> mentioned about him doing a jingle, just joking. And then, like, I don't know how long it took him, but not long after, he sent me sent me that yeah phenomenal incredible blown me away great it's work.
2: absolutely brilliant it's such a feel-good tune i like i have to say i'll be honest i think the pontus jansen song is probably my favorite ever lead song because it's just a, a song that leaves you with a big smile on your face so hearing that jingle there is like ah that's perfect absolutely
1: <laughs> perfect what a way to start the show we don't have to talk much about passing by as well thanks you <laughs> thanks to you dad
0: that was the best thing about it. We'd have to talk at all, do we? I'm completely like, yeah, I feel like the weight of the world's off my shoulders.
1: Yeah, we better have had, and we? Just say, make sure you go to BassandBly.com and make sure you follow David Dean on Twitter. He has tried to tag us and stuff and we have retweeted him. So make sure, you, it's not called Twitter anymore, is it? Go follow David Dean on X and I'll show up. Right, cool. Thanks, David. And straight into it. Norwich, Dara was over from Ireland with your brother, Shay. We met in town for pizzas and Rocco didn't it was amazing uh, Rocco's defence I'm pretty sure he was away
2: and couldn't make the match in general but yeah yeah good, good trip over I mean it's, it's, a, it's a long trip we, we see people yeah. do these trips up, to, up and down to Plymouth and, the, and places like that which we'll come on to later but uh, like Shea picked me up from the house at 10 o'clock in the morning I think i get into Leeds for about you know, into the hotel for about half three a little into Manchester and then, and then go a train up and then same same kind of situation on a trip back. I actually just saying, you know it's a lot to, it's a lot to do and a lot a big commitment just for one match that's 90 minutes long but these are the things we do for our football club and i'm sure some as a family myself and my family have done that a couple of thousand times between us all as we we have three season tickets between between a lot of us and about four other memberships so we're over every every few weeks but obviously myself with the two kids it's just at that weird stage now where i'm probably only getting over four or five times a season so it's kind of a it's a bigger deal it feels a little bit more special now when i come over (laughs) How was the plane full of Irish Leeds fans then? In Not mid-week, so it? Yeah, Midweek wasn't so much. There was, a, there was a few, like usually on a Saturday morning, the Leeds fans would take over Dublin Airport to an extent or at least take over the Ryanair section of Dublin Airport. And then you're just really on the lookout for Gary Kelly because he's <laughs> always there. He's literally co- he literally goes to every game. And uh, yeah, so it was a very, bit, bit different this time because there wasn't the usual kind of lads you'd see in the airport for, for airport drinks before a Leeds game. So a little bit quieter. In that respect, uh, but sure, look, it's all about the football, anyway, they, uh, couldn't, couldn't kick off.
0: Well, it's all about the pizza. How was it?
2: James?
1: Pizza was great. You missed <laughs> out, Rocco. You missed out. Next <laughs> time, we got the bus to the ground and they, must, they were doing some roadworks down there and there was no buses, so we panicked. Because we didn't know where they were, but it turns out they are just around the corner. Got on the bus and headed to Ellen Road and the driver missed the turning, didn't he, didn't he Tara?
2: He, he, he nearly crashed into a car as he tried to make the turn and then for some reason decided, even though he was stopped in the middle of the motorway, decided instead of just taking the hard turn and, and making it, he decided to drive straight on, down to the other roundabout, down to the other exit, round the roundabout, back on the motorway and back around again. So yeah, that cost us about half an hour of, of good old fashioned drinking time, which was a bit of a shame. But we're forgetting one big thing is that we, we, saw, we saw Andy on the bus.
1: We did see Andy on the bus. We always bump into Andy. I think we bumped into, did we bump into him on the bus yeah. last time, Rocco? We did, we did we? yeah. He wasn't drunk. What? Oh <laughs> yeah. It was a miracle. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we went to the Luke Ale I bet you felt like proper tourist, didn't you, this time, this time round?
2: Yeah, a little bit until you had to ask me where the toilet was. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it's I was, like, true. To, I was like, it's just in there to the left. It's
1: true. <laughs> I think every time I'd used it before, I'd had, a few beers, to be honest. Do you know
0: what? I've have n- never ever been in the Peacock. I have drank like in the beer garden, but I
1: honestly don't think I've in my life stepped quite inside it, which is pretty crazy.
2: That's mad.
1: Yeah, yeah. We, th- that's the thing. I've always been in the beer garden. I think there are some toilets out back, but we were inside. I'll use that as my excuse anyway. But yeah, it was a good uh, a good night. Good result. The football match was was all right. I mean, Leeds in the second half looked a bit looked a bit nervy. We didn't see a lot of the ball, but prior to that, we were doing very leedsy things and were very good. And Dara, when we scored, that was down in your corner, wasn't it? They came, they came to celebrate, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was down there. We,
2: we've seasoned tickets in the South Sand just over by the cheese wedge. And obviously, great view of the, the cross in particular. That was at a really good angle. You just, you, the minute he hit it, you knew it was going to land on Bamford's head. And Bamford tucked it away really nicely, although... Yeah, you're reluctant to cheer until you see the net moving. That's, that's the that's the real acid test, I think, at any stage. Well, yeah, good goal. I thought Bamford actually had a decent game in general. Strong team to start off with, but Bamford, I think he had that he had that overhead kick attempt just before that, which looked like he may have taken it off Dan James's head as well. But he, if you look at back, I think the defender would have got in there, get in there, get in ahead of James. But uh, yeah, really good goal, Archie Gray and Glen Kamara putting their bodies on the line getting up for headers and both getting knocked over and getting a little bit injured in the process. The ball gets worked out to Dan James who has a look up. Bamford, Bamford as you watch, it, if you look at it from the, I think it was, tweet, it was, he was tweeted from the, from the Leeds account, you can see Bamford in the background looking at the two defenders and he's literally trying to get himself in between the two of them and Dan James, as we've said countless times before this season, he's added that, that bit of quality to his game and he literally picks him out. It's a pinpoint, perfect cross, Mel sterling desk. Right onto his head, and Bamford does the perfect thing, puts it back across the goalkeeper, exactly what you're taught when you're in it training as a kid. So, uh, yeah, great goal. Great goal. I did so, think,
0: and uh, I'm not just saying this because I'm jealous that I missed out on pizza, but like when I saw that goal, it is like it, it is the difference between the Championship and the Premier League the way James collected the ball on the corner of the box, and like three defenders are just completely stood off him, you know, letting him, you know, giving him all the time in the world to, to, to put the cross in. Not taking anything away from him, obviously. It was absolutely pinpoint, but uh, yeah, it did strike me that you wouldn't get that space in the Premier League, would you? But how was Firpo? And there's been a lot of
1: rave reviews about him. Was he, was he that good? Just before we jump onto Furpo, I was just going to say, actually, Bamford's header, why are they so unsavable, those sort of headers? They sort of like go so slow, don't they, and bounce, but the keepers very rarely stop them. I think it's the
2: momentum at a keeper. I think I've spoken about split steps before. And I think as the keeper's going back across to his right, it's very hard to readjust your foot and, and shift your body weight to the left. Like as I, say, I play a lot of tennis, and if someone gets you going the wrong way, it's very easy, hard to go back in behind you. Fencing would be similar when it comes to footwork, and bizarrely goalkeeping is similar in, in, when it comes to footwork and balance as well. So it's definitely that issue of your, your body weight and momentum
1: shifting to your right. You just can't get back to your left. See, I was going to leave that to some sort of scientific phenomenon, but Dara always brings sense to the <laughs> podcast, and the, which is what which is what we need. But yeah, I was going to blame geology. <laughs> so uh, on this, Dara said last week, I said I'm not a geologist. I'm referring to the weather, but if you think about it, the moon, giant rock, and it affects our weather patterns. Uh, therefore, geology does affect the weather. Sound <laughs> sound theory that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for anyone
2: listening I suppose whenever I'm not on the pod, I send the lads a comment every week where I pretty much take the picky out of them for what they've said on the pod. And that was one of my, my favourite ones from last week was James talking about the weather and saying he's not in geologist.
1: So I had to find some spurious way of justifying it. Anyway, Firpa, speaking of geology, the man's a rock.
2: He bloody is Lovely. in left back position at the moment. He was fantastic. I mean, actually, Norwich had a little spell after we had, after we had scored. And Firpo did some defending for once, which is really weird. I mean, he had that fantastic sliding lunge where he blocked the ball going straight through to, I think it was Josh Sargent, but let's face it, he wouldn't have scored anyway. Which he then followed up with, with as the Rockers pointed out, blocking across, which is also incredibly important and something Jed Spence didn't do when he was playing left back. So Firpo was excellent at, at both ends of the pitch on, on, on Wednesday.
1: I used to find that Furpo would sort of saunt around the pitch. You know, like when we were in possession, all we were kind of teeing up for, uh, you know, the, the, like whoever we're playing, having a corner or a free kick or whatever, he just didn't seem focused. But this time around, I feel like I was watching him on a corner and just thought, he looks really focused. He's trying to organize people in this corner. He looks like he's sort of stepping up, which I think is probably a lot to do with Farker. just sort of saying, you know, like you're a senior, experienced player, you need to, you know, lead by example, because it does seem like he's sort of really changed how he presents himself on the pitch, for me. Yeah, he talked about that in an
0: interview after the game. Yeah, yeah, he did, about like, well, he's 27, he's one of the senior players, and yeah, talking about sort of his leadership. But I mean, in the end, he was just saying that, yeah, he's one of the angriest on the pitch. (laughs) I mean, honestly, he came across so well. Like It was was a fantastic interview. But yeah, I mean, Farker, Farker also said... You know, F- Farker told Oh, he said that furko was one of his main players, you know, so feels like if he's fit, he's going to be the left back. And
1: well, yeah, so far so good, I guess. That's interesting. I'll watch that interview because there's been a few with him in the past where I've thought he's a really sensible guy. Do you remember him talking about, was he talking about the Ellen Road crowd in an interview once? And uh, he was saying it's like the best place he's played because it's authentic and there's, you know, the atmosphere is always brilliant and there's. It's not Taurus that go game which is sort of a dig at his, his old club, <laughs> I imagine. So yeah, he, he, he's smart and he knows how to play to the crowd, or or he's genuine. Ho- hopefully, it's the latter. Latter, yeah. should I say.
2: Yeah, he's definitely taking on more more responsibility. And on, on the angry man one, I got a funny one for <laughs> you. Is if you look back at the highlights, you know, the one where uh, I think it was Somerville cut it back to Bamford, who sliced it. Uh, practically yeah. out for of him, course probably. he did. Look at the bottom left of the screen and watch Firpo's reaction. I won't ruin it for anyone. But go and have a quick look at the 10-minute highlights of the EFL uh, website. And he is not happy. He is not <laughs> happy at all. You just see him at the bottom of the screen having a little, little uh,
1: tantrum. It's brilliant. Another thing for me to watch. And Dara, you have, um, how did you describe this? What were the words you said? You have a hatred for Norwich, don't you?
2: I do. I do. I have a, a, a bizarre hatred for such a insignificant little team. Of canaries, I think it's it? probably from when they were plucking out our best players when they were picking out houses, snotty, and even took Becchio from us. It probably goes back to that, but I've always I'm giving us like, Morrison canary. as well. Yeah, how dare they? How dare they? I mean, like <laughs> they, they victor ordered uh, us on that one, but like, so yeah, it's it's always a nice one for me when we, when we get one over in Norwich, and probably a few other Leeds fans as well because. I say, I don't get over as much now, but back in the, in the, the first division and certainly the early grace and couple of seasons in the championship, I was over all the time. So to see that team just get plucked apart by Norwich has has rankled with me.
0: That uh, uh, one boy. at the end... Oh, go on, James.
2: No, you're all right.
0: I, I was just going to mention the one at the end where their keeper was up for a free kick and Rutter's streaming away with a completely certain goal, like and the ref brings it back,
2: like, what the hell? How could he do that? Yeah, that was, that
3: was, that was disgraceful.
2: That was really disgraceful. Because R- Ruter was just beating people for fun on, on Wednesday. Night. Was, I, think he, I think you're right. He was taking, the, taking uh, a bit too much out of ball from time to time as well, which can be frustrating, and probably more frustrating when you're in the ground than when you're watching it on TV. Uh, but he was, he was another player who just has some unbelievable bits of him. Like, if you remember the, the one where he slowly nutmegged that guy in the box by rolling the ball with his studs through his legs and what's beautiful about it is the ball breaks back to Ruter like two seconds later and you can see the guy you just, just nutmeg going right I'm going to get him now and he runs in and goes shoulder to shoulder you can't go shoulder to shoulder with Ruter. of because your man ends up on his arse I was like how embarrassing is that it's not <laughs> a about it he was saying like yeah that's not when you show your kids like you know yeah just got nutmegged and then when I went for my revenge I got knocked over it's like oh <laughs> god Ruta's strength is unbelievable.
1: Yeah, he is so strong, and uh, that is the one thing. And I I kind of repeat, I'm repeating myself because I said it on previous episodes, but that does frustrate me a bit about Ruta when he does hold the ball too much and doesn't release it. But there's plenty of times where it does work as well, and you and we all applaud him for it. And uh, there's there was a moment in the second half where we won a corner, and you know, like a lot of players, when like the corner we win a corner and they just sort of put their head down roll the ball to the corner little clap don't look at the crowd I could just like he was looking at everyone in the crowd and like looking at their eyes and like just smiling at them he, he just loves it like he he really enjoys it and it's I think that's one of the best things about him is it's really nice to see someone having loads of fun when we didn't see that last season and he's, he's definitely having it now it's infectious as well isn't it it's good mm. to have around the, around the squad in the building as I say yeah still the thing that I love the most is my fuck's time that's <laughs> Bless funny what else we got from Norwich game to pluck out
2: actually sticking on runner just for a second there's someone on I know someone on I refuse to call it X so I'm going to call it Twitter I know someone on Twitter yeah. saying that you know, he won't get away with this in the Premier League that he's, you know, he's getting away with it because he's he, he's using his strength and stuff you can't take away a player's attributes and then expect to to be the same player. Like, you grow up with certain attributes or you work on certain attributes and that's what, you know, completes your entire game. It's like saying, you know, Messi wouldn't be as good if he couldn't pass the ball, but Messi wouldn't be Messi if he couldn't pass the ball. So, you know, you can't really say, oh, Rutter's already getting away with it because of his strength because that's part of his game. He knows he's strong, so he uses that to his advantage and will continue to use that to his advantage. So I I can't wait to see him in there for Leeds in the Premier League next season. Because I think he's a joy to watch, absolute joy to watch.
1: I think as well, he's it's the sort of player where you are so tricky that in the Premier League that's a really dangerous player to play against in the sense that VAR is so hot and they don't you know, you, you you don't get crunching tackles like you do in the championship because everyone's so nervous of VAR and any retribution, a bad challenge. So I think I think he'd be really good in the Premier League now that he's his head's getting into the right place and I just hope it's for Leeds, to be honest. Mm-hmm. On that, Dara, so you think we're going up?
2: I do now, yeah. I think, I think we've got a bit of momentum behind us. I think things are going in the right direction. Players are competing for spots. Like a, I like the fact that Bamford's come in. I like the fact that Gruwev has come in. Watching Joe Rodon in those last 10 minutes against Norwich, where the ball just seemed to be a magnet to his head. I think we have all we need to get up. I just think, obviously, now we need to put it into a into a into a run, and I think not. You know, Ipswich are having their blip now. Southampton have to have a blip at some point, and we just have to capital, capitalise on it. So I'm kind of, I'm definitely here. I'm definitely looking at that Southampton game, in the last game of the season, yeah. as as another one to come over for. That could be that could be a belter, couldn't it?
1: It could be a belter. I've always, I I told you about this the other night, Dara, that we planned for belter games. We went to Ipswich away on the. Uh, first season under BL's planned it for months and months and months we, a bunch of us got a box down there and it was a dead rubber and it was crap grief missed a penalty and everyone was sad it was a terrible day Here we are. it is good
0: like having them on the last day at home though like it, it is I think it's a blessing because you could say it's a curse because basically we, we have to finish like four points ahead of them but at the same time we only need to stay within three in goal difference so yeah two points of them to still be, to still have it in our hands. So, you know, we can be third and it's in our hands still for the running. So I do think that's a, a positive thing. And being at home at Ellen Road, like, offer me that now, two points behind Southampton on the last day, win to go up, I would snap your hand off. No no trouble. So, yeah, very exciting. But then at the same time, imagine fucking that up. and then, <laughs> Yeah, oh you'd definitely
2: go into the playoffs on a, on a downer, wouldn't you? <laughs>
1: I've got my head in my hands because I'm just in pure peril at the minute. Cheers, rocker. I'm trying to live in the now these days, rocker. I don't want to be thinking too far ahead. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Great. Anything else from Norwich? Move on to Plymouth. Plymouth. That's where I come in. I, I was there. I was
0: our. I was our correspondent for for Plymouth. <laughs> I I messed up with my tickets. So I said that I got a ticket in the West End to try and sit near Farquhar. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Bloody idiot! I completely forgot that he's in the other. He's in the the south end, south stand end dugout nowadays. So, at my ticket was actually near the the Plymouth manager's technical area. So, I was nowhere near him. Could barely see him. So, that was disappointing. And also, sitting down at footballs just not for me. So, I don't think I'll be doing that experiment again. To be fair, but yeah, good first half, complete control, of course. Second half, bad, bad second half, just. Just nothing happened, never got going. Bad from Farker with the substitutions. Like, I've not really got on board with the criticisms of his subs so far this season, but that was, that was screaming out for changes, especially with it being the FA Cup and the way the game was going. For him to wait until 40, 75 minutes, I thought was ridiculous. But yeah, that's his thing, isn't it? What it did you th-
2: make of the starting lineup?
0: Yeah, I was. I was surprised I thought he'd make more changes, so it was good to see that he's yeah he's, he stuck to his word he was greedy for for progress in the FA Cup I didn't expect melier to come out, but i didn't expect i didn't expect Rodon and Rutter to play and Perdue, he'd sort of said that he would basically he'd already made his excuses for him, but yeah it was it was a stronger team than than I was expecting and, and to be honest, I think I'd have probably rather seen a weaker team not because I wanted to lose but I think I'd rather the players got a rest and I'd rather see what Cresswell and Gell Hart can do and, and sort of get them greased up and ready for action in case, in case we get a load of injuries because yeah, the way the transfer window's go in, they're the lads that we're going to be reply, re-
1: relying on in that case. Rocco, the other week you said that Farker had said if one player deserves a rest, it's Ampadu. And he hasn't rested him once since <laughs> since he made that comment. I think he I think, took him off for, for the injury time of a certain game, <laughs> but that's it. Yeah, bless him. And uh, obviously, the goal from Jay Dunley that was that was pretty special. It was a great. I mean, there, we, we are we do have an embarrassing riches. We have an embarrassing riches. We have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to players that can dribble around right and left backs. And uh, Jay Dunley was amazing. And uh, no one deserved it more than him, did they? No, it was, it was lovely. It, it was a really nice emotional
0: moment and what a goal. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Last round, we had Yeboah, Patrick Yeboah, and then we had Jaden Wallace recreating the Spurs goal from 30 years ago. It was like, yeah, very, very similar. It was it was an absolute beauty and, yeah, good for him. Uh, I don't really agree with the Ferrari about the booking. I think he, he knew he was going to get booked and he, he had to get booked. No big deal, is it?
2: Yeah, lovely goal, lovely moment for him. Really excellent goal, actually, because even if you watch it again where it hits the net, it's still moving. Like, he really just struck it with precision and per, a perfect ball strike. And I've seen him dribble through about three players again before, previously. What was he in a game he scored in? I can't remember what, which one it was. He came on as a sub and he was excellent for about 15 minutes. But like that, he was taking players on he was kind of dribbling in between two or three players at any one time, getting shots off, and then eventually he scored. And he seems to have that in the locker when he's on. He really wasn't on against Norwich. and For some, people, for some reason, people were really afraid to, kind of, to say that. But you can say he wasn't great against Norwich without lambasting the guy. and You can also say you can totally understand why he wasn't great against Norwich because he had bigger things to be, to be considering. But I think for his own sake, he obviously put that right on on Saturday, and he was absolutely excellent throughout the game but what a what a really great FA Cup goal for him to have that memory and yeah shame he got booked I think the ref could have turned a blind eye to it but yeah can't complain either that's the rules, that? like you say he knew he knew he was getting booked fair enough
1: it's losing someone is a massive is a massive emotional bullet and uh, yeah it's totally fair that he had a bad game or not a great game against Norwich and uh, yeah let's hope it's the start of like some serious progression for him he deserves it so and uh, any other controversies in the Plymouth game, Rocco? Anything going on in the stands? Anyone doing anything <laughs> funny?
2: Any four, yeah. any right wingers not running around? I didn't
0: think Nyonzo didn't try, to be honest. That well, I, just, I think his attitude is a bit off though. Like the throwing himself to the floor all the time. Yeah, I mean, I came out of the ground and I was texting my mate saying if anyone still wants to give us twenty million for Nyanto, you know, just I can't believe we're not gonna take it. You know, at the end of the day I do I'm still not happy with him, obviously, for the way he treated the club over the summer and when the season started. Oh, yeah, not even over the summer. It was when the season started. And that's, that's, yeah, makes it so much worse. He came back and he had to deliver and he hasn't. He just looks just like a, just a bang average player, really. He can't seem to do anything. And yeah, how, you know, if he's going to sign a new contract, of course, I want him to do well. But yeah, he's, he's not, he's not doing well at the moment. So it's, it's pretty frustrating. Yeah, I preferred- don't even know if I want him. Is his yeah, preferred, preferred side to the left? Yeah. It is. My dad said that a few weeks ago. And, and it is, yeah. It, I mean, I was thinking that at the game. I was thinking it's quite funny that Nyonto, like never gets a chance on the left. You know, Anthony, the, like the player profiles, you'd think that Anthony, and <laughs> then he went on and cut inside and scored that goal. But you'd think that he would probably, out of the two, be more suited to the right wingers role, you know, getting to the line and getting a crossing. Nanto, we've seen it work so well him cutting in from the left and scoring cracking goals and yeah, I don't think he's, has he played once I think he played on the left against Hull and had a really good game actually, but I think that is the only time I can remember him playing on the left, I think he got injured in that game
2: Yeah, I was going to say something similar, I've got a bit of sympathy for Nanto this season, I think I'm not sure if it's attitude, but there's definitely something mentality wise that's not right there. You could see it in the close ups when I think it was Anthony hit the post, the ball broke to 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 Nanto who who smashed it and the keeper tipped it onto the crossbar. And as the camera cut to him, you could see him almost praying and looking up to, to the heavens and going, please, just something go right for me. And then a few minutes later he got clattered from behind by the left back and the referee just played on. And you could see his face then again. He was just a bit crestfallen. So I, th- I think that that situation with the summer, or in the summer, which was all his doing, he's no one to blame but himself, and probably possibly his agent, I think it's just really impacted him mentally. And then you combine that with the fact that he can't get a run on the team, he is playing what I consider out of position. You know, he's, Some players can only play on the right, I mean, there's a reason we don't play Junior Firpo left or right back, you know, he's left back and that's his position. And maybe it's the same for Nanto, maybe he's, he is a left winger, and that's the way it is. But I think he's, he definitely is someone who needs a bit of love at the moment because it's just not, it's not working for him. And the sad thing is, I suppose, he must know as well that no matter how good he is, he's unlikely to shift Dan James or Cree Somerville. And he's probably looking at Bamford coming into the team and scoring one goal and, and then going on a roll and getting back to better than Manto's ever seen him play i think, thinking, why can't that be me? You know, and I, it, 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 he kind of smacks at that kind of desperation at the moment. That he's desperate for something just to go right and be a catalyst for him to get back to that form he was in. But I do think, I think it's it, it a mentality issue as opposed to a, a an attitude issue. Maybe a sports psychologist or something might, might be able to help him with that. I was saying that, maybe sign a new contract, knuckle down, and maybe that draws a line under the sand for everybody. But as he, he's very young. I think we have to remember he's very young. And the other thing is, he's only back from injury. Like, he didn't even make the bench on Wednesday. And yeah, he's sh- straight back into the team then for Saturday, so uh, I, I've, I've got absolute hope for him, but yeah, there's, there's just something missing there at the moment. See, I've i got,
0: oh. got to say I, I got to be in my bonnet because of that incident where he said he was clattered. I thought he just went down just like, you know, being a big baby. So but he did actually get clattered, did he?
2: Oh yeah, no, you, I, I was I was screaming like yeah, that was an absolute 100% terrible foul actually. Surprised he wasn't injured.
1: See, I was going to Go all in and blame the geological makeup of Ellen Road on uh, why he's performing badly. But Dara's come in with some, you know, some proper sporting knowledge that he might need to. <laughs> this, this is what we need. <laughs> and he, he, you, you said he just needs some love, and he's not going to get any love from Rocco, is he?
0: <laughs> no, not until he starts banging in the goals. Fickle, fickle, f- fickle football fandom.
1: Maybe yeah, it does exist. We talked about this the other week, didn't we? And, and I think levels to fickle, fickle them and I don't think it is I think it's more like we need you to prove yourself now come on and that I yeah. think that's that fair yeah you can uh,
2: come into a club have, have 8 or 10 good games but in fairness really good games against top class opposition and then do nothing for a year mm-hmm. and expect fans to still love you despite the fact you've kind of had a transfer request and went on strike and all that stuff he's a lot to prove but I'd say for an 18 year old I think he's 19 now like it's just it just feels like the of the world is on his shoulders and he needs he needs a break. And I mean, something to go well for him as opposed to, you know, stop playing football.
1: Yeah. And uh, Plymouth equalised, which yeah. is an iron. out of that go, Rock?
0: Yeah, like a lead balloon. Yes, everyone obviously was fearing the replay. And yeah, to be fair, when they scored, it, I, I was fearing the defeat. I thought, I thought we were probably going to go on and lose. I mean, first half, you you couldn't have seen them even having a, well, they didn't have a sniff. I think actually they did, they nearly scored in the first few seconds. There's a lot of teams seem to against us actually at Ellen Road. But then after that, there was just absolutely nothing. And yeah, th- this is the thing, like, I still believe that we're not making enough chances, you know, we dominate in games, but like we're making chances to make chances, but we're not actually creating that many clear cut chances. There's, there's been so many games this season where we've dominated possession. I'm struggling to think of any real chances that we've created. And yeah, there was a couple. Yeah. In the second half, there was the one that the keeper spilt and Bamford hooked wide and from a corner, Bamford had a header that the keeper saved. They're not really even really creating anything like with, I don't know. And I'm, (laughs) I'm starting to had a good game. Like he he was unstoppable at times as he always is when he's running with the ball. But like, again, I, I don't know whether, whether he's, like, got the final ball. I know he's, like, played some beautiful defence-splitting passes, but there's a lot of times he gets into good areas and just doesn't, you know, he crosses blocks or his pull-backs blocked or he doesn't make a decision quick enough. Yeah, I'm just questioning whether he's, yeah, whether he's got that end product really yet or enough of an end product. What do you think? Is
2: that a, is that a wild, hot take? It's an interesting point. I mean, one of the things actually I was, I was thinking about being you know, over there on Wednesday was the, the atmosphere at Allen Road. And I think, and I'm not taking this off topic here, I'll, re, I'll circle back around. I think that's down to the, foot, to the style of football we play. That kind of slower, methodical, sh- always in shape. Like I was looking at a clip from Real Madrid where they tipped off and passed it about 50 times and then just scored within you know, a minute and a half. Tony like Cruz, I think, buries it. The famous clip. But that ball is being pinged from left back to right back. Like if if you look at it, anytime our ball will go from right to left. It might start with Archie Gray into Rodon, over to Stroke, out to out to Firpo, and it seems to be our instructions are to pass it one player forward at a time. So I think that slow, methodical build-up is leading to teams getting into a shape against us, which is hard to break down. Which means that we're not creating as much chances. And I think from an atmospheric perspective, it does take the fizz out of the air a little bit because until you're in that final tour, it almost like a like a Uruguayan team, say, or a, a South American team where the game comes to life in the final third. There's, there's not a lot to get excited about, despite the fact that you're wearing your opponent down, you're pulling them out of shape, you're probing, you're looking for for someone to switch off for a second that you can get it in behind, and more often than not, it's working for us. But yeah, no, I take the point that you know, that, type of, that type of football probably doesn't make enough chances or certainly doesn't make an abundance
1: of chances for a team that are fairly wasteful in front of the goal. So, I mean, we've had some terrible, terrible FA Cup matches in not too distant or well, recent years. And, uh, well, no, in recent years. And uh, it could be worse. We could be Ipswich getting knocked out by Maidstone. That was a pretty big result the weekend. Ipswich had like 38 shots and Maidstone had two, I think it was. And they somehow managed to live at home.
2: I think people That's in the- glasshouses houses can't throw stones. I remember us losing <laughs> to Mansfield. At, well, we, think we hit the post nine times. <laughs> Back in the old Wilco days. So yeah. I remember All the that. It's like, we can't, we can't. It's not us. <laughs> exactly. Would
0: you, would, I'd rather, uh, would you have rather them equalised and had a replay? Yeah. I know Southampton, they got a late equaliser today to force a replay. I was delighted with that, which sort of negates our replay. But I don't, I don't subscribe to this euphoria about like fixture congestion. Like to me... I just take it at face value. It's like there's going to be a midweek where we get a, where we get a Leeds game. And I'm happy with that. And the players can handle it. They're flying to every game. I feel like it's like, it's the journalists that have a problem with it because they've got to do the long trip. So they're the ones moaning about it all the time. But I mean, that's true, and the, fans, the fans as well, obviously it's a long trip. So the fans yeah. that go every week, of course, but for the vast majority and for the team, I've got, I've got no issue with it. I don't think Fark has got an issue with it. And yes, certainly. I would have rather drawn that game and like kept a bit of momentum going rather than you know a really deflating defeat, which would have been defla- deflating certainly for the players and 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 uh, you know the camp, but yeah, maybe not some of the fans, but yeah, we're in the hat. But I think we've got a fairly exciting draw against Chelsea or Villa away. Absolutely no reason why we can't beat them. It's the FA magic of the FA
1: Cup. I'm shaking yeah. my head. I'm shaking my head because Rockers. <laughs> You're planning far too far ahead, mate. I mean, looking at this as well, how many how many miles are we covering in the next few weeks? We've got Bristol away on Friday. We've got the FA Cup replay. And then got Swansea and then we've got Plymouth again, like in February. It's like it's a lot of travelling. Like, are we gonna be are they gonna be shattered from this? Shouldn't we
0: be worried? Nah. They they've said that they're gonna fly to every every game. So it should be fine, shouldn't it?
1: Yeah, it's fine. Yeah,
0: I
2: think flying by charter jet is probably different to the type of flying we're used to. Like, there's, there's <laughs> not, you're not checking in and hanging around for two hours before a flight. It's, it'll certainly be way way easier for them. But it, it is, I do think footballers are playing far too much football at the moment. We've, we've spoken about that previously. I don't think one other game is going to break the bank. But you certainly don't want to see too much on, in that front because we do have a very small squad and the injuries are mounting up. Like gray. we got injured at the moment. We've got grey Pascal Pascal um, We heard some James
1: heard some, some rumours on that the other day I don't know if it's true so don't shoot us down that um, he might have some sort of hairline fracture Pascal which could mean out for some time Six weeks Rob Price will fix him up Stealing body parts for <laughs> other people But yeah. if,
2: if, if that, that's probably the only way you can get into this team actually at the moment is is through an injury like that and then you know that said, that's how Gruev can take his chance and I have to say I've been really impressed with Gruev like his defensive work is excellent but some of his little flicks his little one-touch pass and if he's going the wrong re- direction he might just kind of stick a knee out to knee it towards a, a player or back heel or something that's not to be fancy it's just to try and move the ball quickly in an improvised situation I think he's a he's a really good player I like the look of him
1: Yeah I agree he looks someone referred to him as like a deep a deep line Pablo the other day I was like yeah I'll take that We'll always just cling on to the past, though. That's all that is. The good bits of the past, obviously. Nothing else to pick out from that game. Yeah, there is. Disappointment. Go on. There's definitely warning. Go on, go on, go on.
0: Yeah, there's a big one. There's a massive one. Dara's been waiting for this. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) God. Well, firstly, actually, I'll just say Liam Cooper played very well and he saved us at the end with a lovely lunging block. So that was good. But yeah, your man, your number nine striker, Joel Peru. Oh, yeah, of course. Had an absolute bloody stinker, Dara, in your favoured <laughs> number nine position. What have you got to say now?
2: <laughs> yeah, I have to say full credit to Farrakhan, in fairness, because obviously it's not easy for him to roll back on the decision he'd made and, and the, the, the press conference where he explained it. So full credit to him for, for switching it around and sticking him up front. Yeah, look, it didn't work. It, uh, Plymouth were average opposition and Peru looked below average against them. But at the same time, I don't think that's 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 a reason to throw the baby out to put the bathwater. has scored 50 goals in the in, in the league in the last two and a half seasons, so we know he's a goal scorer. We've seen it. You know, we saw that penalty the other week where he's probably the only pair on the pitch who's coolly going to slot that away the way he did. So I think sometimes it takes a while to just get your head back in the game if you're if you're. I know he's not out of it, but he was playing in a different position. He had to get used to that, and now he's got back to his old position and probably doing it in a different way. So. Might take him a few games to get used to it but I'd certainly like to see him being used in the same way Bamford has been used for this season where he's coming on for those last 15-20 minutes and I think Peru will actually do what Bamford couldn't do in those substitute appearance and actually make an impact and maybe bang in a few goals for us and then try and put Bamford under pres- under pressure to stay in the team which is going to be good for all of us. So fair play to Farker for, for sticking him in there.
0: Yeah, I agree. I want to see him play up front more and actually yeah I mean it's a bit worrying because when he was it. What was the game? Who did we play last week, the home game, when we won in the last minute? Preston. When he brought on Peru that day, like, Peru was even deeper than Rutte, He was like, basically playing central midfield. So, yeah, I don't know, but I want to see him play up front. I think, yeah, I think it's a, it's a valid point that he's, yeah, it's his first game there, isn't it? So, I think he needs to play there. He's proved that he can score
1: goals for Swansea. He can surely score them for us. Man of the matches, I say pluralised. We didn't do one for Norwich, and uh, we need to do one for this game as well. Dan James for me, Norwich. I thought he was excellent again.
2: Yeah, I thought he was was brilliant, and I'm obviously the uh, the founder of the Dan James Appreciation Society. But I'm torn between three. Rodon was incredible in the last 10 minutes and really did was head and shoulders above everyone. I really liked the look of Gruev, and I thought Firpo was excellent. But I think I will lean towards Gruev, actually. who I thought really just knitted everything together from defence to attack very nicely all, all game and shielded that defence quite well.
0: So, not a thing of that match. I've not even seen the highlights. I keep hearing about this overhead kick from Bamford. I'm going to go back and watch the 10-minute highlights so I can see Furpo angry. But yeah, I can't, I can't give any man of the... Well, I'll give the man of, my man of the match to Bamford for his, for his header because it's all I've seen. And stuck it away. Clinical. Yeah, you clearly
1: haven't seen that slow stunt. And for Plymouth, <laughs> yeah. I am going purely on the basis of Nunn. He's got. I think it was a great moment in a difficult time for him. And uh, I, thought he, I thought he played well. From what I saw, he played very well.
0: Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I, I wasn't that Not impressed. Not for me. I was impressed with the goal. But then, yeah, again, second half, just didn't, nothing happened for anyone. It's a tough one, man of the match. I think, I think Ampadu. Ampadu was brilliant and that was the one actually nice thing about being sort of a bit close to the action in the West stand. Yeah, he's sort of right on top of the action and you see it, you know, it, I mean, it seems a bit faster and a bit more yeah, intense from down there and seeing Ampadu's control under pressure and yeah, he's just a, just a real quality footballer. I really enjoyed watching him, so yeah, I'll give it to
2: Sam. And I'll back up my Peter buddy and say Jaden Anthony again. <laughs> and partly because obviously what it meant for him as well, coming back after a, a poor performance against Norwich to, to, write, to write that performance against Plymouth in the FA Cup and score one of the great FA Cup goals we've seen at Eldorado. So yeah, happy, happy to see Jay Dan to take line the match for me. What was we it's
0: doing with that goal then goal? What's his first name? Carayol? He scored on his debut in the FA Cup, an absolute screamer. Does anyone remember? In the dark days of Chilino, probably. No, or maybe yeah. even earlier. No. Okay. you am look <laughs> at it after, you, <laughs> after this. I'm sure it's called Carry All. He was on loan from
1: someone rubbish and he's got okay, an absolute find that, you're gonna have to put
2: If you find it, put it on Twitter for everybody.
1: Yeah, I will. And uh, what else from the week? it has been transfer news and all that stuff. We're doing player ratings, Rocco. I, I keep trying to avoid this because it's always messy when we've got two to stack up, isn't it?
0: Well, we don't, do we? And But I've also, I've had a, I had a change change of heart about... I thought we should actually include the FA Cup games, but it's too late now. So let's not do that. We'll stick to the league this season. And and you're going to have to make sure we just do Norwich behind closed doors. Or do you want to run through with Dara? Let's do behind closed doors.
1: Let's, let's rattle through this. Let's, let's give the list a <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. week off. They don't want, to, don't want to be bored senseless through this bit, do they? Because that'll wind everyone up. Transfers. Today... A Japanese man whose name I cannot pronounce it was rumoured to be going to Leeds United. Then he was rumoured to be going to Luton Town. And then now it's all up in the air. It's funny, like people on Twitter have massive meltdowns about these things when they sort of semi-fall through as well, don't they? It's, I mean, it's someone in the Belgium league. I think, Kudara, you put, you. this is probably a good segue as well in something you want to talk about, <laughs> but it feels like a very victor or a signing, doesn't it? Lawrence De we were saying before we we started the rec- press the record button.
2: Yeah, I don't think you can get too animated about losing out or gaining a Japanese right back who's playing in the Belgian league. Let's face it, none of us know anything about him. He could be brilliant. He could be absolutely horrendous. We don't know. Uh, it's 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 Max of Victor Arthur dodging a bullet if he if he goes somewhere else, but you know. Uh, I certainly won't be losing any sleep over if he doesn't come. But we do need reinforcements. I, guess I say we're, we, We've got uh, Archie Gray's out at the moment. We always know Firpo and, and, and Byram are, are dodgy when it comes to, to injuries. Stroke is out. Could be for a while. Dan James is out. We don't know how long. So our, our right side is gone with James and Gray. Gray. Gray was excellent against Norwich as well, by the way. But uh, yeah, I think we, we're, we're going to have to sign a couple of, uh, at least one fullback have to sign at least a fallback, and it has to happen soon.
1: Who was our first Japanese player that played for Leeds? Quite recent, Idaguchi. Correct. Three points to Dara. I saw him on his. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I saw him on his debut against York City in a friendly. And this was, I think, was that Bills's first game as well. It yeah. was. was it? And
0: they also went to McDonald's afterwards. That's right. Yeah, in McDonald's of, on the roundabout.
1: Yeah, and in that game, that was that was in the very early days of Bielsa where he had staff around the pitch sort of communicating to the players to get his message across. And on Idaguchi's side, on the opposite side of the pitch, I think he might have had two people and he had someone translating English to their Japanese to their <laughs> Idoguchi. It's like, there's a lot of translating going on. Spanish, English, Jeff, no wonder he didn't. I'm just looking at you now as well. He's, he, he's, he was at Celtic, but he's out alone, yeah. loan and, and now he's at Vissel Cove. Yeah. I've got a hot take <laughs> on transfers. God, I don't even think we need anyone. <laughs>
0: I think we're fine. Like I don't, I don't want to sign some young loney from the Premier League that's got no experience to sit on the bench in case we need him. I'm not bothered. I'd rather. I know Shackleton probably didn't have a great game at the weekend, but I think I'd rather just keep. I mean, I, I'm a massive advocate of the of the small tight knit squad. I, I fully believe. In that, because of Bielsa, and, and, I, and I think it's, a, it's an advantage in itself rather than bloating the squad with low knees coming in. I mean, you even look at Jaden Anthony, if we hadn't assigned him, it would have made no difference this season whatsoever. He's actually not, he, he scored two goals basically meaningless goals. Not the FA Cup. Here. Well, yeah. But like, you know, if we'd have had Perveda. Coming on for ten minutes here and there instead of Jaden Anthony it wouldn't have made any difference. So I'm not saying I, do, I don't want him and send him back, and all that. Like if there have been an injury, he might have had more impact. But I'm just—it's an example of the fact that the you know if, if we're signing someone just to bolster the squad, I, I'm not bothered. I, I don't think we need it. I think we can cope. We've coped all season already with the squad that we've got. Yes, obviously we lost Ailing and Spence, but again they didn't really contribute anything anyway. Yes, we've got injuries right now and it could get worse and that's a risk. But I feel like, I, feel like, I mean, I, you know, I want one, obviously. I, I want, but I want, I want like a good one. Like, I want to sign someone who can improve the team. Like, if we're not improving the team, I'm honestly not bothered. I'm, re- I'm really not. I feel like Faka can
2: just manage and, and we'll be all right. Yeah, I suppose it's hard to argue when you put it like that, isn't it? You know, especially when you, when you, when you name check Jaden Anthony, who's probably been our best sub. This season had come on and, and done quite well in games, but I would say that I agree with you on the. I don't want. To, I certainly don't want no Premier League inexperienced loanee. But if we can get someone like a Connor Roberts, who I shared lift with one time actually when Swansea were playing Birmingham when I was in Birmingham, but if we get someone like Connor Roberts or Ben Godfrey, one of those kind of decent players who who really push to be in the starting eleven, then I'm all for. I'm all for that. But no I'd agree. Yeah, we don't, we don't want a squad filler. We don't want someone coming in who's going to be third choice right back behind. Gray, Shackleton and then themselves but someone who could maybe step in for Gray if Gray's out for six weeks and be a solid competent right back not to say Jamie Shackleton isn't actually because I think though we he had a poor game against Plymouth he hasn't let us down once this season for me he's been a, a real hero this season in every performance he's given but I would just like that extra cover I suppose and that extra security blanket because as things are going so well I mean, there isn't any margin for error now We we, we have to keep winning and winning, and winning, and hope that Ipswich lose, and Southampton lose, and that we can take advantage of those situations, and I don't want to be regretting that. If, if those opportunities arise, you do not want to be regretting not bringing in a quality low need to cover you for a couple of games, if, if they're needed.
0: That's, I think, like yeah, that's my point, I suppose. It's like, if we're not improving the team, like if it's not someone who's going to improve on Gray at right back, then then I just don't think there's any point because then, we, you know, we're, good, we're going to be weak anyway. You know, we, we've lost games this season Of Gray at right back. Like, you know, he's, he's made mistakes that have cost us goals in, in a couple of away games. And I think we've had difficult times in, in a few away games with Gray there. It's, it's not his natural position. So I would love to sign a really good right back. It's weird, isn't it? Can't we just like, there must be some right backs in the championship that there. Like, who, who's the best right, right backs in the championship? Can't we just go and pluck them like, we're, we're the Premier League big boys with our parachute payments. Like, I just wish it was that easy, but, yeah, obviously not. We just it's funny to
2: you say that, actually, because when we played Sunderland and they had our old left-back playing for them. I can't remember oh, his name. Yeah. He was He was totally competent. He was fine. It was absolutely Huggins. fine. Huggins,
1: was, was it Huggins? Huggins yeah, Niall Huggins.
2: Niall Huggins, that's right. Yeah, he played with played, played Bielsa at some point. But, like, Niall Huggins and, ah, uh, oh, why can't I remember his name?
1: Jackie Clark.
2: Clark, Jack Clark, exactly Jack Clark. I could see his head, I could see his like big blonde hair in my in my, in my mind's eye, but I couldn't name blonde I, hair. <laughs> certainly more hair than me. But like yeah, are all left So I was made up of ex leads, and I was, like Jack Clark's a good player, but Hogan's looks perfectly competent as a as a championship left back in that game against you know our our super team. So yeah, just just get, just get someone who's decent though, and do a job if if and when we need it because. If someone's out for three or four weeks and they have, and we need someone to play, fill, a, fill a hole for for five, six games, whatever it might be, games and championship come around ticking fast, we just don't want anyone targeting that position or give anyone that opportunity, because we have to be the ones capitalising on the opportunity. that Southampton or Ipswich might throw up.
1: I'm going to try that segue again. And uh, what we don't want is a Jean-Kevin Augustin type player coming in who you know, is way below what we already have. So I do agree with you, Rocco, as well. The segue, Victor Orta, Dara, talk to us. Oh man, like the, 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 this, this guy is, in my
2: opinion, this guy's <laughs> self-awareness is incredibly lacking. It, like he, on, the, on the same day, the anniversary of the worst signing in football history, a signing that cost us about 900 grand a minute when you add up his transfer fee and his wages that we've had to pay for him. And I'm talking about JKA, obviously it is. A few years later, Victor Orta is on some sort of conference and he says, Leeds fans hammered me last season because I signed Jorginho Ruter and now he's the best player in the championship. The minute someone said it to me, I actually started laughing. I was like, is that a joke? Because, you know, that's like, are you serious, Victor? Are you actually serious? He said, you're going to take pride that a chap you signed for £35 million pounds. To save us from relegation into the championship has been a good player in the championship. Are you actually that mad? I wish I'd have been in that room. I would have laughed in his face. And I love Jorginho. He's my favourite Leeds player at the moment. He's brilliant. But that's not why we signed him. And you cannot take pride in that, you plonker, Rodney.
0: Seville, one point above the relegation zone as we speak in Spain. So that's nice, isn't it? Matches to go
2: down. I'd love that. And that's only because of pure luck. And you mentioned this previously, Rocco. Sergio Ramos went to them. And I uh, don't say Sergio Ramos has passed his best. He's still Sergio Ramos. And I'm sure he saved them a couple of points. And, I think he, and he went there because it's his hometown club and he's always said he wanted to play there. Nothing to do with Victor Orta. Yeah, well,
0: while we're, we're Orta bashing, can we mention those scumbags and their driving bands? Marsh, <laughs> Marsh Christensen and Aronson like marsh getting it as well like that just tops it off doesn't it the manager like I, i'm reading into that absolutely reading into it and thinking that they're just it's just i think it's a character flaw. like pre- they've made it to the premier league they can do other they want i mean what other people have been banned from driving we'd have heard about it certainly never happened under bielsa that's for sure
2: no they're all driving very slowly under Rielsa. Under but apparently Marsh's problem was first of all he was doing 100 miles an hour down the middle lane and refused to use either lanes to, the, to either side. Uh, the other problem was <laughs> he, he, he didn't offer any defence whatsoever <laughs> in, in court. So pretty much that's the yeah, style of f- yeah. football as well, you know. So I, bet, be, I, bet in,
1: <laughs> uh, I bet in court he, he handled his own case and he didn't have a lawyer and just said all the metrics were against him.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, actually, speaking of that metrics one, like that one on Simon Jordan where he says, you know, we had a game in hand. And had we won our game in hand, we'd have been 13th. So, like, in his mind, he had those three points in the bag. That was against Manchester United away. Like, how often (laughs) has the Leeds team rocked up on Old Trafford and just walked away with three points nice and easy? And it certainly wasn't going to happen with his Leeds team. Like, Scubala did brilliantly to get get a draw there, and we played great, and Nanto scored a fantastic goal. But, you know, Jesse Marsh's lead team weren't going to do it because all they would have done is played it to the right and then switched it over to the left, where Marcus Rashford would have had 50 yards of space and it, and it would have been game over. So, yeah,
1: he's a clown. He's an absolute clown, in my opinion. In a lot of law, people's opinion. Right. Anything else? Bristol, we'll quickly touch on that. Bristol. Can we, uh, sh-
2: shall we wish well, Calvin Phillips all the best at West Ham? Yeah, and, we should. wish him. Yeah, listen, Calvin. Enjoy your few months there, and we'll we'll see you back here in, in June. All right.
1: Cheers, mate. I'm pleased with this chair, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm very pleased with him. I think it's. I didn't, I wasn't going to talk about it because I feel like we've talked about BLs for a lot, and I feel like we always hark back to the good old days, don't we? But it's the right thing to do because he's a good lad. I think he deserves it. He's won everything. Now he's off to play some football, which I think is fair enough.
2: I really wouldn't be surprised if he'd fancy coming back. To be honest. Oh yeah, he's been here all his life he's, he's, as you say he's won everything and I bet it didn't feel as amazing as he thought it would mm. but he has won everything and now you know maybe the idea of the young baby and settling down being, being a low cementing that position as a local legend and living in Leeds for the rest of his life maybe that's appealing too. There's yeah. a lot to him because there's a lot to be said for that so I honestly wouldn't rule out him coming although I did say when someone mentioned it to me I do think Ruev and Ampadu deserve a shot in the Premier League should they get us there so that could be, that could be an interesting one. Is you know, is there a spot for him in the in the in the in the side? But that's for that's for Farca to figure out. But I'd love to see him back.
1: Cool, yeah. Um, so Bristol very quickly playing there at the end of the week, Friday. Long trip down, chartered flights apparently. And uh, yeah, I, I hope we can win big game there. Thirteenth, not got a great record. Is it a must win? It is really. They're all must aren't they, to keep up the pace with Southampton.
0: Yeah, I think it, again it's for the away form thing. If we lose, that's just going to be so demoralizing. You know, another away defeat. We have to go there, show grit and steel and get the job done. Yeah. We should do, shouldn't we? Got to do it.
2: I think psychologically it's a must win. I don't think it'll end the season if we don't. Yeah, even, a, even a loss won't. Well, we're, we're, in a, we're on a good enough form now. We could probably take a little bit of a blip. But as I mentioned about taking opportunities, f- if we beat Bristol, we go second. And that just changes the dynamic, it puts extra pressure on Southampton, it puts extra pressure on Ipswich that wasn't there previously, and that changes how, how they approach their next match. They know they're in a must-win match. So yes, I think it's a must-win game, and I think it's a great opportunity for us. And I'm going to back us to win it, because one thing I will say about Farkas' team is, is that they, they do go out with a very cool head in must-win games. So it doesn't always work out, but they do good. They do good with a very cool head. It's not like previous Leeds teams where you had those games where Pons Johnson says the most important game in the history of football, and then he gets no keeper gets sent off, and we lose, and we we still had multiple chances to go up that season. So it's not it's not that. But I think if we can win it and cement that second
1: place for, even for a night, that could be big pressure on the other two teams. Good point, Rocky. Are you, like, you going to say something?
0: Yeah, I do. I need to. I need to promote something an event that i'm hosting oh yeah of course don Matteo, february the 9th the week on friday i'm going to be interviewing him in leeds wow. yeah ball lane a hotel is it the crown plaza i should know this shouldn't
1: i <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it on twitter we'll put it on our website as well so if anyone wants to find it who's interested in going it's, it's all for charity as well isn't it Yeah. Excellent job, Rocco! What a plug this is. I'm, I'm tempted to just <laughs> ask you loads of more questions just to see the awkwardness on your face. I'll, I'll get my dad to, to do a song for next week. <laughs> <laughs> you can't fall back on that all the time, Rocco.
2: Oh God! Did Dad ever ever do anything? Did he ever score a goal? To, to no idea.
1: No idea, Rocco. He did score a goal.
0: It was it was in the Sun City. It was a, a chuffing great goal, actually. <laughs> that would
2: be in fairness. Yeah
0: it will Rothwell Juniors all proceeds go to them it's going to be cracking night did I get the venue correct Park
1: Plaza Hotel (laughs) I think I said Crown Crown close enough isn't Crown Plaza oh no maybe Park Plaza is the one in Home Alone too. anyway we'll put all the details on the website spare Rocco the embarrassment and uh, so yeah yeah perfect well I hope everyone has a great week and uh, we will be back Network.